Welcome to the Generating Treble and Bass Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Carly. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Crystal. Join us as we take a musical approach to understanding gender expression. No matter the era or style of music, women have had to break barriers and gender norms. In each episode, we'll discuss how women challenge stereotypes of feminine identity through activism, sexuality, and forming communities in male-dominated spaces. Hi! Okay, welcome! Uh, Today, it's me and Crystal Mendez. Say hi! Hello! Hi! (laughs) Um, And I'm really excited today because we're going to be talking about Dolly Parton. Yes, the queen. We want to talk today about how... um, Because we've been talking about different women in different sectors of the music industry and how each of them challenges gender and inequity and how each of them talk about feminism and things like that. So I'm really excited about today. Me too. I hope you are too, Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, before I jump in... Um, some of, I, so I want to include some of the sources that I, um, got this information from. Um, probably the best one is Dolly Parton's biography called My Life and Other Finished Business. Super recommend. It's really funny. Good, um, biography. So, and then Leigh H. Edwards wrote a book called Dolly Parton, Gender and Country Music, um, where a lot of these ideas come from. And then also, um, WNYC did a podcast called Dolly Parton's America, um, which has um, some really, really interesting stories about Dolly Parton and kind of her influence on culture in America. Have you listened to that podcast? I have not. I've only heard you talk about it, but I've never actually listened to it for myself. Okay. It's a good one. It's a good one. Jeremy's also Is she in it, or is it just stories about her? She's in it, yeah. So they actually, they have, like, two people from WNYC who are, like, producing it, and, um, but she has done interviews for it, so it's really cool, and it, it kind of, like, talks about different parts in her life, right? Like, so there's, like, one whole episode about her Tennessee mountain home. (laughs) There's a whole another one about like Dollywood. It's really fun. I think you'd like it. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, so yeah. So I guess maybe we should talk about who Dolly Parton is. (laughs) Yes. Tell us all about Dolly. Okay. Well, hopefully you haven't been like living under a rock. Generally people, I know that you know who Dolly Parton is. (laughs) Oh yeah. She's beloved. I think everyone loves Dolly. Even if you're not in the country, you just love Dolly. Right? I think I, I think that's going to come up also, I think, while we're talking about this. So, okay. um, <laughs> she's a popular country singer. Um, she has won 11 Grammy Awards. Um, and she uh, has also had 50 nominations for Grammys. Um, and she's the second... She has received the second most nominations out of any woman. Who do you guess is the first one? Share. Ooh, that's a good one. It should be. No, Beyonce. Okay. I guess that's okay. (laughs) I like Beyonce too, also. Yeah. (laughs) 
if this goes on longer, maybe we could have an episode about Beyonce. Um, we should just have an episode for every diva. Oh, yeah. One about Cher. One about Beyonce. Yeah. That would be so good. Okay. Um, this year, also fun fact, is she won an Emmy for her um, TV movie Christmas on the Square. I love that movie. I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? <sighs> yes. It's just very wholesome, as you would expect. And she plays an angel, so she plays herself. <laughs> and it's just really nice. It's just a nice, easy watch to, you know, something to watch during Christmas, but that isn't cringe and isn't like heavy. It's just Dolly, you know, it's, it was beautiful. Is it like Hallmark movie vibes? It's not Hallmark. I don't think it's like Hallmark. And it's like better than Hallmark. You know how Hallmark mm. is kind of... Hallmark is kind of cringe. But yeah. this is not cringe. This is like... It's it's wholesome, but not in a Hallmark, like, over-the-top way. Also, it's a very diverse cast. And Hallmark is not a very diverse <laughs> channel. <laughs> I'll just say that. Uh, so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to watch it because... Christmas is yeah. coming up, so. Oh, it's perfect for Christmas, yeah. So she won an Emmy for that, so that means she's halfway on her way to getting an EGOT. Mm. Which surprises me, because I thought she had an Oscar already, because she has written 9 to 5 and other movies, or songs for movies. Yeah, and she's been in movies, like acting. Yeah, yeah, that too, yeah. And, like, I, I believe she did um, a musical for 9 to 5 on Broadway, so she doesn't have a Tony yet. But I think I think she's gonna do it. I think in her lifetime. Yeah, she's she's still that time. I believe in you, Dolly. I believe it. Um, so speaking of movies, she was in Nine to Five, which is a classic. I just watched that recently this year. I love that so one. Good. You seen that one? Yes. So good. Um, Steel Magnolias. That's another one um, that a lot of people know from her. Um, this. Well, not this year, I guess the year before, 2020, she donated a sizable amount of money for the development of the Moderna vaccine. Um, That's my chosen vaccine because Dolly donated money. I was like, I need the Dolly vaccine. (laughs) Do you have Moderna too? Yes. Me too. I was so, I I didn't know which one I was going to get, so I was so excited that I got the Moderna one. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) I love her. Um, She's also the founder of the Imagination Library. Um, which is a really awesome uh, cause that she's championed where uh, she donates books. Um, originally, it started just like um, like people in, in Tennessee where she's from, but it's grown quite a bit. I would say it's all over the world, I believe, where she donates books um, to promote literacy for children. Didn't she start that because her dad didn't know how to read? Hmm... I don't know. I I should look up the beginnings of that. I'm not at that point yet in my book. I I think I remember her talking about it and saying it was because her dad did not read. Oh. I I would believe that, yeah, because her family, she was the first one in her family to graduate from high school, actually. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get into that a little bit more as we go. And then... Some people, this is my first, was this your first experience with Dolly Parton? Was um, seeing her on Hannah Montana as Aunt Dolly? I never have actually seen her on, on Hannah Montana. Oh, really? 
Yeah, I I just know Dolly just from being Dolly, but uh, I I kind of want to go back and see that just because I'm a Dolly completist and I want to see everything that she's been in. But she's she's a uh, Miley's godmother. Yeah, in yeah, in real life, yeah, yeah. So they um, they also recorded a really good song together. Not on her. I can't remember. It was. I don't think it's her most recent album, but the one before. It's like Rainbow World or something is what it's called. I haven't heard that. Yeah. It's a cute song. I don't really listen to Miley. Like, I like Miley as I've seen her do like rock performances. And that's like much more interesting to me than like her pop music. But that's another episode. Is, is Ooh, Miley that would be a good one. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love her cover of Heart of Glass. It's so good. It's good. And I heard her do one of. Of the cranberry she did zombie and that her voice is so good for that Ooh, she has a nice like very raspy good yeah voice for rock mm-hmm. i think it yeah it's much more suited with what she's doing now um yeah but yeah they're besties the cyruses and dolly parton so mm-hmm. so that's where some people know her i think that's probably where i first learned about her but yeah, I definitely want to go back and see the old Hannah Montana episodes on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess, like, I mean, that's a good background story about... I mean, did we miss anything else about... I think that's pretty good. Okay, that's cool. a good crash course in Dolly. <sighs> There's so much to learn about her, but... There really is. All right, let's jump in. Um, so today, I, I really want us to talk about a, a how... Dolly Parton, with her image and persona, um, interrogates kind of this image of gender and femininity. Um, there's this music video for um, her song, Backwoods Barbie. It's also the, the name of um, the album it's on. It was released, the song was released in February 2008, and then about a year later, the music video was released. Have you heard this song, or have you seen this music video? Yeah, I have. Okay. I hadn't before I researched this, but it's really interesting, um, because in the music video, um, you see Dolly Parton. There's a, um, a young girl who plays her in the music video, um, like, scrambling around (laughs) in the like mountains and like putting um like berries (laughs) and like rouge on her cheeks and she like (laughs) she uses like a matchstick and uses eyeliner (laughs) i love it which is so dangerous actually when you think about it (laughs) um but i read her book and that's something dolly parton actually did like when she was a little girl is she would find ways to have her own form of makeup, right? Yeah. Um, so you see that image of this, like, um, young actress playing Dolly. And then also in the music video, you see Dolly Parton herself, and she's looking very um, fabulous, like, walking down the street in, like, like a le- leopard dress and <laughs> <laughs> high heels. And um, so she kind of juxtaposes these two images and you'll see this a lot in her career between like this idea of the quote unquote, like town tramp (laughs) and Mm -hmm. the other quote unquote, pure mountain girl. Um, 
And I didn't realize this, but like before Dolly Parton, like that was kind of the main image and trope for women in country music. Um, the pure mountain girl. Did you know that? I kind of had a feeling. Yeah, I think that's why Dolly sticks out to me so much because she was the first one to like kind of play with that image, like you're saying. Right, um, yeah. And I think that's why she's just so much more accessible than other country singers. Because um, I'm not a big country person, but somebody like Dolly definitely catches your eye just because no one does what she does. No one looks like her. Because when you think of Dolly, you don't just think of her music. You think of her image. Yeah. She's just so iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because she has kind of crafted an entire image, right? Um, mm -hmm. Like you're saying. And that's kind of what makes her stand out. But, like, the fact that she has in this music video and like also in her persona is that she has kind of learned how to embody both um, of those stereotypes is like the pure mountain girl and also is like the town trollop. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And which is like a really good like example. Like we have this whole idea of like the Madonna horror complex um, for like women. Like you can be only, like a pure virgin or a whore. You know what I mean? Like those are the only spaces women There's are no in between, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And the fact that she's like, no, like I am both of these, right? Mm -hmm. Um, She kind of like points out how kind of like ridiculous that is, you know? Mm -hmm. Um. The lyrics in the song say, I'm just a backwards Barbie in a push-up bra and heels. I might look artificial, but where it counts, I'm real. <laughs> so good. That's so good. So good. <laughs> She's just interrogating that whole thing. Here's another good quote from her. Not from the song, but she has so many good quotes, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, but this one says, I kind of patterned my look after Cinderella and Mother Goose and the local hooker. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so good, because she's like, it's not, I'm not just one person, right? I, You know, like, she talks about how she's, like, a sexual being, but also that, you know, there's also just, like, this wholesomeness about her, too. Also, like, what you mentioned earlier, like, her playing an angel, that's who she is, right? Like, she kind of embodies all these types of femininity. Yeah, and she doesn't dress like that though you know like she's she's just so self-aware and so in on what people how people perceive her and she plays on that and even with her clever lyrics like backwoods barbie is also very funny you know and so she's in on that joke and she beats people to the punch like there's no way that you can make fun of dolly because she's already doing it in a fun way and not self-deprecating yeah of like her own celebration like yeah i'm a backwoods barbie so what yeah like that the irony of mm -hmm. it all isn't lost on her mm -hmm. she's so yeah like she's in on the joke like and she kind of underscores it and yeah like i love what you said like you can't make fun of dolly parton because she she's already so self-aware and she knows 
like almost exactly what she's doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, and she's much more poetic and funnier and, you know, no one can make a joke about her because she's just so much more intelligent too and because she writes these clever lyrics, you know? So she's she does it better than anybody else could anyway. I agree. I agree. Um, one thing that I think is also really interesting about Dolly Parton um, is also in addition to like this ability to occupy different levels of what a woman is, right? Um, she's also like incredibly class conscious. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like it's interesting that she's leaned into this idea of like the quote-unquote poor white trash femininity um and she like plays off of that image too um which is really interesting I didn't realize this um until I did some research but like the 1960s and 70s of country music um really was catering towards like upper middle class like white people Mm -hmm. um like it was kind of like oh, like, here's our music and it's about a bygone era, you know, when things are simple, but, like, now we have lots of money, (laughs) you know, like, um, but the fact that she kind of embraced, like, um, her roots and where she came from, because she grew up incredibly poor, like, with what you're saying, like, her father didn't know how to read. I think that's true. Um, But, like, her whole family didn't have much money at all and they all like lived in a small house and she had like nine or eight siblings I can't remember um maybe even more than that but the fact is she kind of embraced this I don't know this very poor quote-unquote white trash image um and said this is legitimate too (laughs) in country music like this genre isn't just for a bunch of affluent rich people which that's kind of the direction it was heading into during that time did you know that no not really again i don't follow country music um yeah i can think kind of for that reason of like i just feel it's not for me do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if they're if country music is for white people with money, I'm neither of those things. So, like, <laughs> you know, but here comes Dolly, and I'm like, I can relate to things like Coat of Many Colors, you know? Uh, she's just a songwriter for the people. That is such a good point, honestly. And that's one of, like, the biggest, I think, criticisms, legitimate criticisms, I think, about country music. I think... Yeah, like, people like Dolly or, like, Willie Nelson or Johnny Cash, like, I I feel like, yeah, those people are, like, I think we had a conversation, you're, like, Dolly Parton is the most, like, punk rock person ever, (laughs) and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like there are certain people within country music, but, like, it's an ongoing debate about how, um, how much country music straddles a line and has problems with itself about how like it does especially today cater towards white people especially you know white people with money or not always white people with money but it does I don't know take advantage of that like weird structure I don't know what I'm trying to say I guess like the point I'm trying to say is like 
this is something I found like in, in my research is that mm. there is this huge authenticity debate in country music. Um, there's this quote from Edwards um, book that I mentioned earlier. Um, if you don't mind me reading it, it says in combining the so-called pure and fallen Parton's gender model also crucially illuminates country music's familiar authenticity debates. The genre is intensely obsessed with what is supposedly true, pure, and genuine versus what is a sellout or a base-manufactured fake version of country. Insistently, the genre includes in its foundational rhetoric the idea of a pure, untainted, rural folk culture basic for the music versus a commercialized, tainted, and fallen mass culture. Um, I don't know if that made it. <laughs> I didn't really lead into that very well, but like that quote I feel like is really good at describing about how country music focuses a lot on like, you know, what is authentic, what is real, right? And like going back to, to people's roots and tradition, right? Yeah, but I think some of those are, like, imagined and not <laughs> based in in people's actual roots, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what makes Dolly so unique is that, you know, she actually lived this life that yes. she sings about. Whereas other people now in country music, I think, sing about this, like, make America great. <laughs> like ideal version of America that never existed. That is so true. You summed it up so good. Yeah. Have you seen, um, do you watch any Bo Burnham? Have you seen any of his comedy specials? No. There's this one that's really good. Um, and I think it's called Pandarin, like pandering. Mm -hmm. And he opens it up where he talks about how, like, he's like, talking about like great songwriters like Dolly Parton who like actually lived what she's talking about and is so authentic. He's like, but now we have like stadium country singers and he's like talking about how there's a bunch of like metrosexuals who've like never worked a hard <laughs> day in their life talking about like being on like a tractor and working hard. And <laughs> he does this whole song about how a lot of country music today um, panders to, like, the masses, but it does feel inauthentic. It doesn't feel sincere. And a lot of it is considered, yeah. quote-unquote, bro country. Um, oh, I've never heard of that term, but that sums it up. Right, yeah. And it's a real, I don't know, it's interesting because for a while I wasn't into country music, but it wasn't until I think I found... Honestly, like most of the women in country music, I really, really enjoy and feel like it does come from an authentic place, but it's this weird, um, yeah, like pandery, yeah, like it, it is the whole make America great again, kind of like ignoring what is real and authentic. Like it, it's, it's really strange and it was like, um a lot of this debate kind of began in like the 1990s and 2000s. So I think I talked about this with you earlier when I did a project on like the Dixie chicks mm -hmm. or they're not called the chicks actually, but um, right around like nine 11, um, 
we see like this influx of um, patriotism after that event. And there was an insane amount of country songs about um, mm-hmm. like support the troops and, mm-hmm. you know. All that, that was one of the worst times for music. <laughs> Just one of the worst times to be an American and one of the worst times for country music ever. Because I that you mentioning that just draws me back to this era that was just so violent and racist. And yeah. it was like it was like the same thing when like Trump became president and there was all these incidents of people just being racist in the street. Like this was their excuse now. Yeah. An insane amount of like Islamophobia. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. And like at that time, the 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 chicks were critical of George Bush um, about um, invading Iraq. And in response, um, Toby Keith, he's like the he like wrote the one song. What's it called? Let me look at my notes. Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Do you remember that song? Luckily, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> It's very, um, how do I describe it? It's like the most insanely nationalistic song I've ever listened to. (laughs) He's like, support the U.S. or we'll put a boot up your ass. Like, it's pretty bad. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so in response to, like, this, this criticism of politics, which, you know, free speech, we're allowed to do that, right? We're allowed to be like, mm um, he, Toby T- Keith basically like I think he like put up photos of like the lead singer of the Chicks as like supporting Saddam Hussein, and like mm-hmm. it was this insane kind of rift within country music, and you can kind of tell where that comes from because it's a it's a it's a debate right constantly of this authenticity like going back to what is real what is authentic what is our roots in america what are our traditions you know Mm -hmm. um and that is a debate right like it's a debate we have all the time with public history like whose story are we telling are we telling the story of a bunch of white people or story of Toby Keith the story of Toby <laughs> Keith right or you know of um people's actual lived experience right you know even like poor white people I feel like that isn't always represented in country music you know yeah um yeah. anyway that's a little bit of a tangent but like um no that's good it's a, a friend of mine we had a discussion about post 9-11 country music I know it's very specific uh, but there was another one by this guy named Daryl Worley called Have You Forgotten? Have you heard of this song? Oh, I think it came out around the same time, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find a really terrible lyric. I want, was Dolly releasing music around this time? She did. I remember she did a like a country... Like, she did a USA album, but I don't remember if it was around 9-11. She's consistently been releasing music. I might have to double-check on that. It would be cool to, you know, just see what she was doing versus other people. Yeah. 
I should have looked into that beforehand. I feel like what is interesting is she is able to... She's very beloved by all kinds of groups of people, right? Like, Yes. She is the drag queen's hero. <laughs> but also, <laughs> you know, a lot of conservative people love her so much, too. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of genius about her is because she she is authentic and it's because of kind of like her gender persona and where she, you know what I mean? Like there's nothing like, even though <laughs> she like underscores that parts of our, her are fake, right? Like, you know, she'll, she's the first one to make like jokes about like the plastic surgery she's had or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like she, um, is so real. Like she, is really authentic and I think because of that like she is able to like transcend <laughs> all of us like she's on a different level than us she's on a different plane <laughs> she really and is like is able to reach people you know what I mean she's so tactful in that and that you know I'm sure she's got opinions on certain things but she's so tactful in the way that she responds that nobody can pin her down as being part of any one political party she never you know talks super bad about any one group it's just so she's just so much smarter than like politicians because she's got everyone on board with her you know whereas other people are so divisive dolly has the power to just like mobilize everyone yeah I love her. It was. I saw that my one friend sent me this meme, and it's like, instead of paying taxes, why don't we just all give our money to Dolly Parton, and she takes care of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She'll like, know exactly what to do with it and where to distribute it. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I think it's because, yeah, I think because of her upbringing. Um, yeah. And, like, also reading in her book, like, she just has a lot of empathy for other people who are different than her, and yeah. no matter where they come from. Um, I love that about her. Okay. Any other thoughts on that? I had one last thing I want to talk about before we finish. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So this is this is the question um, that I feel like a lot of people think about, and Dolly herself has denied this term. But would you consider Dolly Parton a feminist? I'm going to say yes, even though that's one of her things. Is she Like, she won't even admit to that because that's too political. Mm, yes. And, you know, Dolly is above politics and religion. She's otherworldly, as you said. She's just on another plane, on another <laughs> level. <laughs> so, um, but I would have to consider her one just because, you know, even inadvertently because of all the things that she's done for women and for her to be such a trailblazer like we talked about her leaving uh porter wagner to go and start her own musical career which women didn't do if they were anchored to some dude they usually couldn't leave that musical partnership right um but you know she was one of the first ones and I mean, she crossed over from country and now is, you know, beloved by all, you know? And so, um, just, just everything about her, the fact that she writes her own songs, performs them, that she's a good business person, um, she's smart in selling her songs, you know? (laughs) Many people sing them, not just, you know, for, I think artistically she gets a lot out of it, but 
I mean, it's making her a ton of money too. Mm-hmm. And she's got Dollywood and her perfume and just every like whatever she's selling, I'll buy it. Oh, I want to buy her perfume so bad. I know. And today I stink so bad, so I'm like, I need some Dollywood perfume. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, she's just in so many different spaces, like music and, and TV and film mm-hmm. and in business and in education and doing all of these different charities and she just occupies every space spaces where women never had a say looking a way that women could never look or talk or act and so that's why i think she is a feminist even if she didn't set out to be i think she just set out to be dolly you know and she knew she was going to be famous she knew she was going to be big she left Porter Wagner, she left the people back home and said, I'm going to be huge. And she was, you know, I think she's just a very determined person. Mm-hmm. But I, I would consider her a feminist, even if she doesn't consider herself one, just because you can't ignore everything that she's done for women. And not just women, just like all genders, you know, like people just yeah. love her. And I know I had talked about that, that hillbilly film where... You know, like, oh gay yeah, guys what was the name her. of the movie? Say that again. It's called it's called Hillbilly. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's just called Hillbilly. And it's on um, Hulu. It's on Hulu. Uh huh. It's on Hulu. And it was cool to see somebody like Dolly, who wasn't the usual like mountain girl. Um, she was accessible in that way as you know other people other hillbillies as they call themselves like identify themselves with her but they for gay hillbillies she was she was it you know Uh, nobody else could could reach people in that way and that's what's so brilliant about her is she's a gay icon and a, a country icon and even an icon for conservatives which is nuts um but I can't think of other people who do that. You know, she's just such a trailblazer. Yeah. That's really, um, I got chills. What <laughs> 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 you were saying that. I, yeah, I totally agree. I feel like, um, one thing that I really liked you said that, you know, she wasn't really trying to become a feminist. She was just trying to become Dolly. Um, and something that I've noticed, like, I can't pinpoint, I think it's probably from Edward's book, but she was talking about how, um, like a lot of what Dolly says about her um her stances on things and you know her opinions on on being a businesswoman or or supporting you know the gay and trans community um she like her way of going about it was like well that's just like that's just like common country sense (laughs) like that's how she like you know kind of like um summarizes like her way of thinking is like oh like this is where I come from, um, as like someone in, in rural Tennessee. Um, and I've seen hard things and like, I just have empathy for people and it's just common sense, you know, to care for other people. Um, and I love that about her. I think she's so cool. But do you think that she's like downplaying that? Cause she wants to say something else. I don't know. I pardon me. I mean, like, I feel like I I don't feel like she's lying to us, though. Do you feel that way? Like, I don't know if she's, like, I don't feel like she's lying to us. I just feel like maybe she'd want to say more. Mm. But because she doesn't want to alienate not a single person. Yeah. She just kind of leaves it at that. 
I think that's part of it. I think she's business savvy with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like she also feels like it's just not like her place. Like I feel like she's business savvy, but I think also like she doesn't want to alienate people or feel like she isn't for everyone. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it can totally be both things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I jotted down a couple of things, like examples. I mean, you covered most of them, but just a few of them talking about why I think Dolly's a feminist too. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned when she left Porter Wagner. So she was in a, like a business duet um, situation. She was on the Porter Wagner show for seven years. She promised five, stayed an extra two years. She left that um, show in 1974. And like, that was pretty like a pretty big deal at the time because she kind of really wanted to chart her own way and make her way in country music, which doesn't seem that crazy now. I feel like there's lots of people who like split up in music or go in different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like this is like it was kind of a big deal like as far as gender roles go. Like this is like the first time we're starting to see like no fault divorce <laughs> laws in the United States. Um so like thinking about that kind of context where we're just starting to get to a place where like women start feeling like they can leave like partnerships with men. Um it's kind of a big deal and like one thing about her is she doesn't really speak badly about Porter Wagner, but if you look at a lot of the evidence and things that you see from their past, it sounded like an abusive relationship to me. Wow. Yeah, like he would kind of yell at her and kind of control what she would do as far as her music went. Um, she ins- He, like, insisted that she joined his label when she joined the show. So like, originally she was on another label, um, but then she kind of joined his whole thing and I think he helped her a lot in her career and she will attest to that but if you look at some of the stuff and there's an episode on Dolly Parton's America where it talks about this like it sounds like not the greatest relationship um so I mean good for her for leaving him yeah yeah but because of Dolly we don't really know the full nature yeah what went down I guess She talks about it a little bit in her book. She's very tactful about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And they ended up being very good friends towards the end of his life. Um, I wrote an article about it, and it's very sweet how kind she was in that situation, even though it wasn't the best. Um, She is in charge of her finances and businesses. She's in charge of a production company um, with her manager. Um... So, this is insane. Guess what iconic TV show is part of her production company? Um, what, is it like a current show? No, it's been off the air for several years. Feminist fantasy TV show. I've never watched it myself, but I was very surprised. Buffy? Yes. (laughs) Right? That that was just a lucky guess. (laughs) I was like, surprised, but I was like, you know, it fits the brand. Um, It does, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She, like, co-owns a production company. It's called Sand Dollar Productions. Um, 
So Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Father of the Bride movies were from there. Oh, wow. And then um, this one really interesting um, documentary. I want to watch it. It's called Common Thread Stories from the Quilt. Have you heard about it? I don't think so. It's That's about a- um, the um, names project for the AIDS Memorial Quilt. So in 1987, height of the AIDS epidemic, they created this giant quilt, I think near like the Washington Memorial. Mm -hmm. Um, And they made this documentary about like honoring people who died from AIDS, which is really cool that um, she helped fund that. Um, As always, she cares a lot about LGBTQ people. Um, She wrote a song for Trans America. Um, which is a movie that came out in 2006. Have oh, you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. That was a good movie. Is it good? Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. it. Um, she wrote the song for that soundtrack, so she's supportive of that. Um, she was in 9 to 5, which is about three women overcoming a misogynistic boss. Um, okay, and then this is like the last thing I kind of want to talk about is mm-hmm. that... Um, as far as her being a feminist is I really like how um, she has a very kind view of like sex workers and embracing femininity. Like she's very sex positive. Like if you read in her book, um, she's very like open about how like sexuality is a good thing, which is like kind of insane when you think about how much purity culture is entrenched in just like Christian America. Um, which I think is really cool. Like, she, she's good at, like, humanizing sex workers. And I don't know. I feel like with that as well, she really embraced um, feminine, femininity overall. overall. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how do I explain this? Like, when you were younger, do you feel like you were always, like, made fun of just for liking things that girls like? I made fun of that for like now to this day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I still get made fun of for liking like Taylor Swift, right? (laughs) But like, (laughs) I feel like we're starting to get to a point where like, that's stupid. Like, why do we just make fun of women just for liking things that women like, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And the fact that she's like, yeah, like I love wearing pink and I love my high beautiful hair and dressing up you know and wearing makeup and like I feel like that is very third maybe fourth wave feminism like this idea of like we're not rejecting femininity anymore like that in itself isn't bad yeah femininity is like next level because like also her look hasn't changed you know what I mean like her style has always been Super glam, feminine, girly, the big hair, beautiful fabrics, sparkles, everything that I love. And, like, it doesn't change with age either. Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing that people make fun of you. If you reach a certain age, it's like, why do you like being girly? Right. And it's just like, well, there's no... Because there's, like, another stigma with that is, like, once you hit a certain age, you have to dress like a meemaw. Mm. Or you have to be out of the public eye, too. Yeah, or, yeah, just hide yourself. You're over 40. Go and hide now. Um, 
and that's you know similar thing with share is people are like how dare you turn 40 you must go and hide yourself away um and so yeah that's another way that i think she is a feminist is that in her older age she's not playing by anybody's rules either mm-hmm. of like hide yourself away or dress like a meme she still she still shines that's the great thing about her yeah she's still existing <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is an insane thing that that's kind of radical right yep yeah mm-hmm. But nobody questions it if it's like Mick Jagger, who's like a thousand years old, and no, you know, it's like, oh yeah, that's just Mick Jagger. Like, dudes can play music forever, mm-hmm. but when it's women, it's just like, how dare you continue to make music at your age? Yeah, men are allowed to age; women are not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but yeah, I love that. I mean, that's such a good point. I agree with you. So, yeah, I think, like, overall, I mean, I would say she's probably feminist in everything but, but maybe name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. which, is, which is fine, because I don't think feminism needs to be gatekeeped. Or, like, if a label no. prevents people from, um, you know, accepting everything that Dolly represents, then, I, you know, I think that's awful you know what I mean like I like that she occupies the space where she doesn't need to gatekeep it or make it a label or be political about it right yeah because yeah. for some people feminism as a term um or as a culture turns people off um and I love feminism love it it's my favorite thing but like I can see where people would come from that especially growing up and living in conservative places like I can totally see that so the fact that she's like occupying that um really authentic space that's welcoming to everyone like she's doing the lord's work in my opinion <laughs> she is she really is yeah um let's see i'm trying to think if there's anything else i wanted to throw in here i have a really good quote you want me to end with this yes please. all right um as parton often advocates for social justice including women's rights Racial equity. Ooh, we didn't really talk about that, but she definitely does. We can maybe, maybe we can have another Dolly episode, honestly. We should, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and gay rights. Her statements are striking for how she anchors them in her own discourses of authenticity, perhaps making them seem more genuine to some audiences by framing them in terms of her sincerity as well as her rural working class background. Um, oh, yeah, this is what I was talking about earlier. Likewise, she calls her business acumen good old horse sense, (laughs) downplaying her economic power by framing it in domesticated rhetoric, the common sense of mountain folk. I love her. I love her too. I've learned as a historian not to like romanticize or idolize anyone in history, but I can't stop. Like, I still do it with Dolly Parton. Like... (laughs) I know, so we're like halfway through this episode. I'm like, are we just going on about why we love Dolly? But all of these things are based in fact. Mm-hmm. So I feel like um, we did some good research and it's a very good practice of public history. And we're just sharing it <laughs> with the people. We're just but, preaching yeah. the truth. <laughs> we are, exactly. It's all about truth telling. Nothing that we've said is a lie. We need one of those... Um... Have you seen those one candles where, like, Dolly Parton is a saint? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I need one of those. Cause you do. She's the light we need. <laughs> she really is. Well, if that's it, thank you so much for joining our episode today on Dolly Parton. Um, feel free to reach out to us. I don't know. Should we have a plug at the end of this? <laughs> Dolly, if you're listening, invite us to your house. <laughs> I would give an arm and a leg to see her Tennessee Mountain home. It would. I would die. I would die just for free tickets to Dollywood. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Let's go to Dollywood. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Gender Rating Treble and Bass Podcast. This episode was produced by me, Carly Bagley, with the help of Crystal Mendez and Jeremy Landine. A special thanks to Kelly Rosa Cabruna Romero for lending her music on this episode.